Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, a Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. I'm Kyle. And we were bad against the lightning. Like, real bad. Yeah, very bad. Like, yeah, real bad. They were, they were, they were horrendous. Yeah, did we expect anything else, though? No, I'm pretty sure, like we said, like, their top line is a cheat code. Yeah. And, yep, it was a cheat code. I'm pretty sure they're in on three of the five goals, so it just doesn't make any sense that they're that good. Yeah. I I don't even really have anything to say about this game other than that brief moment of hope we felt when Logan, or, sorry, when uh, Jonas Donskoy scored right away. That was... That was great. That was a good moment for us as a a community. Yeah. Um, That was, like... What, like yeah. a minute in? <laughs> yep. Like, literally, they won the faceoff. They went down. Donsky took a shot. Didn't score. They can't control the puck. Donsky got it back. and was like, all right. And you yep. go. And it was all downhill from there. Or uphill, depending on your analogy base. That's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's not really a whole lot to say. When all three stars are from the other team, and it's a game on home ice, like, you know, <laughs> know some bad stuff went down. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It was the uh, light, the Lightning are really good. Like, so like I'm pretty sure we talked about this last time, but like their top line is a cheat code basically. Then they have Victor Hedman on defense. Then they have Vasilevsky, who's playing like pretty good, and he's pretty good in net. And then they just kind of filled in with other dudes around there. So like Yanni Gourd is gonna have 25 goals as a rookie just because he touches the puck when other good dudes touch the puck. So it's like. They just, like, filled out their team perfectly in the correct way. Right. Yeah. It just, I, I, there was no way we were going to win that game at this point in the year. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. We did good on face-offs. Yeah, no, it was. Like, weirdly good on face-offs. I was very surprised by that. But that didn't do anything for us. It was just, like, the one, like, decent stat from that game is that we were 66% on our face-offs. So, like cool. Yeah, that doesn't really mean anything, though, when, like, you lose the face-off, go down, lose the puck, and then come back down, right, it's going. yeah. Arendelle It was just in, whatever. Uh, it was, like, halfway through the game, wasn't it? I don't remember. I stopped uh, watching, like, halfway through. No, it was through, too... So. It, I mean, I was watching, but it was on yeah, the it, background, think, so... It was only, it was only like, 1-1, one, one, I think, after the first, and then, like, 2-1, and then all of a sudden it was, like, 3-4-1, and then I think he came in. Yeah. Something like that. It was, like... It was kind of back and forth, like, the Lightning were outplaying the Sharks, and it was back and forth, but once, like, the floodgates kind of opened and it was clearly getting out of hand, Dell was in there too sweet. Yeah, he had one go- goal scored on him, right? Yeah, I think one, and then, but whatever, he's a backup, that's right. going to happen, right? Like, the team the team wasn't even playing good, so, it, like, they looked lost in their own end, they looked lost in the neutral zone, they looked lost on the power play, they, they just looked yeah. lost. Like, they were playing a different sport yeah. <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah, it was just, it was bad. Um, I don't think we need to talk about how bad that game was, because it was, we all know. Everyone knows. It was a bad game. Yeah, yeah. Moving, moving on from <laughs> the team that's probably going to win the Eastern Conference to the next game. But then game. Arendelle did really great against Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his first win of the season, right? Uh, no, he beat Buffalo. Yeah, he beat no, Buffalo. it wasn't his first win, and it was his second career shutout. So, nice. Oh really? Do you, do we know when his first career shutout was? I I could not tell you that. I, no offense to Aaron Dell, I don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably just happen randomly against like probably the Islanders. He seems to always play against the Islanders. Mm, shutouts just they happen. It's I I don't care enough to to know when. I actually previewed the Vancouver game. If you don't follow me on Twitter, 
I previewed it on uh, TSN 1040 Vancouver, so that was fun. Got to talk about the Sharks and the Canucks, and then I didn't watch the game because I was covering a K-Wings game that night. So Kyle's going to have to take the lead on this one a little bit, but yeah, I had fun previewing they it. Won. They won. <laughs> yeah? They... Yeah, they, they, they won. Yeah, but... It was uh... like... It was like whatever. Right. Uh, I saw that Vancouver though they they outshot the Sharks like forty one to thirty one, which is, I mean, fairly significant. Yeah. I wonder how many were like quality chances though versus they were down early. I think it was two nothing after the first period or something like that. So they when you get down you start have to like shoot more, drive to the net more, and I'm wondering if the difference was made up in like garbage shots from the side, throwing everything at the net, right. um, just doing like general things to see if you can spark anything. But like in the grand scheme of things, that game wasn't five nothing. If you, if you pull it up, like if you wake up the next morning and are like all bleary eyed and like, Oh, what happened in the sharks game? And you pull it up and you're like five nothing. You're sweet. It wasn't really five nothing. It, it was more, it was closer to the two nothing game than it was for a long time. And then at the end, some crazy shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended it ended up as five nothing. So, like the end of the game basically was Timo Meyer punching butt ending Michael Delzato in the face. Yeah, him getting called for an elbowing penalty, going off. Chris Tierney getting a shorthanded goal. <laughs> then literally fifteen seconds later, Chris Tierney stealing the puck, getting a breakaway, getting getting whistled uh, for a penalty, and then him getting a penalty shot and scoring. Yeah. So just nuts. It was just like. And the Logan Couture goal before that, so that happened at 1921 and 1947, and the Logan Couture goal happened at 1819 with an empty net. So, I mean, up until up until two minutes left in the game, it was 2 nothing, and at any point, Vancouver could score and make it a right. real, like, bar, like nail-biter down at the end. But Logan Couture scored an empty netter, Vancouver threw everything at the wall, and they were on the power play. And then he scored an empty net shorthanded goal, and then a shorthanded right. goal. Like, normally so, when like, you're... <laughs> You're up by two in the third. Like, you're waiting for the other team to score one goal. And then they'll pull their goalie to try and do it. You get that one extra goal. And, like, that seals the deal. But, like, the Sharks were like, actually, we'll just throw yeah. two more goals on top of it for some reason. And... <laughs> it was it was yeah. very weird. And shots, shots heading into the third period were 24 for Vancouver and 20 for San Jose. So it wasn't that lopsided. But Vancouver ended up having 17 shots at, in the third period to San Jose's 11. So... The the shot advantage was more even. San Jose didn't look super good. I mean they, they didn't they didn't look like a team that blew somebody out five nothing and you think, yeah, that, that team's awesome. They're flying around. They looked good. They looked better than Vancouver because they yeah. should. But but they they didn't look like world beaters up until the very end when Chris Tierney decided to score all of the short handed well, goals. It seems like you know, I've read some stuff of you know, the players said afterward or whatever, and it seemed like they weren't happy with how they played. I don't have anything off the top of my head, but it wasn't, like, their best game. Like, yeah, they won, but they knew they didn't play well. Yeah, so they played bad against... They played bad and got outplayed by Tampa. And even though Tampa's good, they should have played better. And then they played a little bit better against Vancouver, but because Vancouver's not Tampa Bay... They were... They, they won, yeah. beat them. Um, <laughs> and Aaron Dell played really well, but... Yeah, they, they went in ascending order of gameplay, so really bad against Tampa good enough to win against Vancouver and then kick ass against right. LA. We do have to circle back to the, the Timo Meyer incident a little bit just because he did get fined for that. The maximum amount of 2,400 yeah. and, and 
whatever dollars. If I remember correctly, that's the first time this season that a player has gotten the maximum amount. I'm going to double check on that because I'm not 100%. The max, it sounds so much better if the NHL was like, player gets fined maximum amount for penalty because you don't know. You're like, ooh, I wonder if it was like 100 grand. What is it? And then you turn it on. It's like $2,400. Well, there's a limit for um, first-time offenders, like the maximum amount that they can be fined. Well, I'll just explain the whole CBA thing here. It's that you can get fined up to 50% of one day's earnings. And for first-time offenders, that's based on the number of days in a season. So this year, it's 186 days. And then for repeat offenders, it's determined by the number of games in a season. So 82 games, which obviously then that makes it a higher percentage of their pay if you do it by games. And it's still really yeah, not a lot. Yeah, and then the maximum amount for a first-time offender is $10,000, and the maximum amount for a repeat offender is fifteen. Ooh. So yeah, then you look at Timo Meyer's $2,000 penalty, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, whatever. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I always wonder in these situations for, like, because, like, Dilzato's kind of, Dilzato's not, like, the, the doesn't have the greatest rep. No. Uh, uh, no, he's a dirtbag. In the NHL. So I wonder if, like, I wonder if after the game, guys like Joe Thornton and Pavelski and guys who made a lot of money just kind of maybe throw him, like, <laughs> 300 bucks or, like, just PayPal him, like, $150 with, like, a wink face underneath. Just be like, hey, okay, it wasn't, we got you. I, I looked it up to verify. It was actually the third time this season that a player's gotten fined the maximum amount. So the first was Robert Bortuzzo for cross-tracking Brock Nelson. One of these players is not going to be like the other two, but go uh, on. Ryan Hartman of the Blackhawks for slashing on Braden McNabb. And then, the hmm. yeah, the most recent would be Timo Meyer, <laughs> Which was an elbowing yeah. penalty for some reason. <laughs> he did not hit him with his elbow. <laughs> I didn't know that Stamkos got fined for unsportsmanlike conduct. Huh. Oh, I wonder what conduct he was doing. I wonder well, if it was two... like... Swearing. It's Samkos and Killorn and then Kevin Hayes of the Rangers all on the same day got fined five thousand dollars for unsportsmanlike conduct. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. I wonder if hmm. I wonder if they were playing each other and there was just well, a yeah, lot of you would assume things. that they were playing each other because it's all on the same day. What, what was Alex Killorn selling? Was Alex Killorn just yelling in French and the ref was like, I don't know. Whatever you're saying, he, it's he bad. said bad things. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It sounds weird. I mean, you say anything him. in French, and I'm going to assume um, you're saying something bad. So, I could swear in French on the podcast, but I don't know if we'd have to bleep it out. But We don't have to. We, really, the no, no swearing thing is just kind of to make it a, a family-friendly podcast, because we are part of Fear the Fin. But there's really no I don't know rules. who's letting your kids listen to this, but s- still. <laughs> Please don't. I would not advise children to listen to this podcast. We say the word boner way too much to let your kids listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> that was podcast one. It's only gone downhill from there. <laughs> Truly. Um, so, yeah, he, um, but Timo got Timo didn't get Timo didn't get suspended. No. And he did not get suspended, which uh, the out, out, outraged Twitter community seemed to be angry at this time. But, like, whatever. I mean... It wasn't... A butt end. So, like, in, in the rule book, like, a butt end and, like, from playing hockey. Not that I was, like, well, actually, I'm one of these guys that played hockey. But I played hockey my whole life. A butt end is generally when you take, like, you slide your hand down the end of your stick a bit so the, the tip sticks out. And you jam it into the guy's stomach or, like, his chest. Sometimes you can hit him in the face. It's kind of weird. You don't usually do that. But, like, it happens. So, it's really when, you like, you made that, like, aggressive, like, battering ram maneuver. This kind of looked like Timo Meyer was trying to, like... Just hit him because he was cross-checking him while he was on the right. ice, and he's twenty, and was like, "Don't do that to me." And he ended up hitting him in the face. So, like, 
if he would have been suspended for one game, I would have been like, eh, sure. It probably would have meant Timo was gone to the AHL forever, but like he yeah, it, it was it, it was whatever. Like it was he got a, a fine. It was, a lack it was of fine. Control kind of thing where it was he didn't real like he didn't think about the fact that the stick was still in his hand. He didn't purposefully push the he, stick yeah. out of his hand. But at the same time, Delzato did get hit with the butt end of his stick. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he Marty McSorley'd him and tried to tried to right. take his head off. It, it was. It, I've seen worse in front of the net with like a thousand cross death by a thousand right. cross and checks. With how crowded that area was at the time of the incident and everything, it was just one of those like, dude, get off of me. Which you know, I, I don't know. I, I I know we tend to give him the benefit of doubt of the doubt because he's our player, but I don't know. I think if I saw that on any other team, I would still just be like, that really does kind of look like a. It wasn't purposeful. He also, if if my memory serves correct, he wasn't even looking. He just kind of like yeah. swung his hand up. So if he turned around and like jammed him in the face, that's one thing. If he would have got one game, it would have been fine. He got the max suspension, fine. If he would have got, if they would have, if the ref at the time would have been like five minute major and kicked him out, um, I probably would have been fine with that too. It wasn't like anything super serious. Chris Tierney still would have scored shorthanded right. twice, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so leading into then the LA game. Um, Kevin LeBanc got called up and it was kind of a weird thing because they had a double, the Barracuda had a double header against, uh, the Manitoba Moose. And so he got called up between those. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really just going to laugh at the fact that they're called the Manitoba Moose? Wait, wait. So, for, so fun fact about the Manitoba Moose. So in the NHL, uh, Craig McTavish was the last, I'm pretty sure Craig McTavish was the last player to not wear a helmet, uh, in like the nineties, but Beloved coach of the Anaheim Ducks, Randy Carlisle, um, who's from the town I went to university in Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, he actually was still kicking in the 90s and got sent down to the AHL and played with for the Manitoba Moose. And he was technically, I'm pretty sure, was technically the last player in professional hockey not to wear a helmet because he was still kicking in the AHL with the Moose, not wearing a helmet. So. Fun fact about the moose, and if I'm completely wrong at that, please yell at me on Twitter and or <laughs> please in the just comments. yell at him on Twitter anyway. Yeah. So yeah, they had a doubleheader against the moose, and so he got called up between those two games. So it was kind of like a weird situation because you know he could have gotten that extra time with the the moose, like or against the moose, not with the moose, uh, against the moose, and. It, initially they had posted like potential lines and he wasn't in the lineup so it just seemed kind of strange that he you know might have been an insurance call up if Timo were to get suspended but he didn't and they both ended up in the lineup anyway so yay extra time <laughs> extra time with the moose means something completely different in I, Canada than in the I don't want to know what it means <laughs> I really <laughs> oh. that could be a joke or it could be real and I'm not telling um, yeah, so it seems, seemed, but like at the same time, they called Kevin LeBanc up and haven't sent him back down. So it seemed like his, what was it, two games? His yeah, two, game two games banishment was like, Kevin LeBanc, you need to learn. Go play two games where you're going to score a goal and two assists and not try because it's the AHL. And then you're going to come back up and you're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to be yeah. fixed. So they did. I don't really know what the point was. I mean, they did say more recently that it was about being a confidence builder, which, like, I mean, I guess, like, sometimes I play video games in easy mode so I can feel good about myself for a minute. Like, okay, fine. But I also don't really feel, feel good about myself because I know I put it in easy mode. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, what they actually need to do is stage an entire game and have him play against Angel. <laughs> like, it's like... It's like when eight, it's like when um, baseball pitchers are coming back from injury and they simulate yeah. a game and he just like pitches to like the catcher and like they they call him they're like ooh that one was a strikeout that one was a ball uh, they just need to do that where he just like scores like five times they're like good right. job Kevin so if he doesn't know he's actually playing against an AHL team he'll feel better about himself like when I when I oh, don't they need know to, like, my video inception games are him. in easy mode I'm like okay cool I'm so good at this and then I find out later and I'm like <laughs> never mind. <laughs> They they need to like inception him with like dreams of of goal scoring and like good play. Like Alan Page just shows up and is like, I'm not Juno, I'm actually a badass and yeah, tells him that he needs we to be need better. We need to be on the coaching staff is really <laughs> what needs to happen here. Yes. So yeah, he ended up back in the lineup against LA, which is awesome. I was very happy. Uh me noted Kevin LeBanc enthusiast. I was pleased. <laughs> uh, you know who's actually been really good? Uh, and this is going to hurt me inside. Barkley Goodrow. Ah, yes, I knew it. Yes, he has. I'm very proud of him. Um, yeah, the Barkley the Barkley Center. See, I, I, maybe he maybe maybe he saw that our our last podcast was called Barkley Goodrow Doesn't Die in the end was like hmm, I wonder what this is about yeah. and just started playing better. Yeah, no the the Barkley Goodrow Joel Ward Timo Meyer line. Uh, in the LA game, very good. They they did they did all right. Yeah, Joel Ward scored the game winning goal. He, Look at us calling Joel Ward old and washed up. <laughs> Everyone who judged me for saying that I trust Joel Ward over Yannick Hansen owes me like five dollars at least, probably ten, just for emotional damages as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yannick, yeah, uh, Yannick San Diego showed up uh, for one game yeah. and then prom- promptly disappeared again. Just- Wherever he is. He's just like, maybe he like forgot his like red hat and his trench coat in the locker room. He was like, oh shit. And DeBoer was like, hey, you're in now. And he had to go play. And <laughs> I gotcha. He wasn't, <laughs> you gotta play he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. So like, whatever. Well, it's like if you find Yannick Hansen, then he has to play a game. <laughs> yeah, he's just like creeping in there at night, like stealing like Nutri-Grain bars and like Gatorade and stuff for his kids. And he's just like, oh, hey guys, I'm just here working out. And they're like, oh, you got to play tonight. And he just goes out there. Skates around for 15 minutes leaves. They do, like, um, have you seen that video of Kevin Bieksa on the ducks? Like, dressed as the security guard, and... No, because I try not to watch anything Bieksa-related or ducks-related. Okay, that's fair, but it's actually really funny. Um, and it's, like, the second year that they've done this, where they dress him up and, like, completely, like, do all this, you know, super intense makeup and um they had him as a security guard and he's like patting down the guys and stuff like he slides between ryan Getzloff's legs and he's like whoa buddy okay <laughs> so like he probably he slid between ryan Getzloff's leg because that's the only thing he knows is sliding into people's <laughs> knees and ending their careers Aww. so he just like forgot he was out of character for a second and then had to go Yikes. back um but like, that's what I imagine that Yannick Hansen is doing at SAP Center. <laughs> like, every day he's just dressed up as somebody else, and if they figure out who he is, then he has to play in the game that night. <laughs> he, he's, like, he's like a scout or, like, an assistant, like, guy, and he's like, yeah, I think uh, Yannick Hansen would be a really good matchup for this team, just trying to get himself yeah. back in the lineup. <laughs> or he's, like, the scorecard guy, so Pete DeBoer fills out the scorecard. <laughs> he, like, takes it over, but he, like... Deflate gate style goes into the washroom and like erases his somebody else's name and puts himself in there. It's like, ha suckers. <laughs> uh, come back, come back, comes back out wearing full equipment. Yes. So yeah, he uh, Kevin LeBanc took Yannick Hansen's spot in the lineup uh, against LA. Sorry, but I'm not 
upset about that. Sorry, no, that's alright. Yeah. <laughs> so we started the LA game with some some line blendering. Thanks. Uh, some. Some. It was pretty intense. Thanks to Joe Thornton and his knee. Yikes. Joe Thornton is old, man. He is. Actually, okay. Joe, Joe Thornton is an old man. So here's the thing. I wrote in uh, my notes on the game recap that Joe Thornton's knee is of concern, and I, I don't know who said this in the comments. I'm not gonna go look because I'm not about. I'm not in the business of like calling you out specifically for this. But someone was like, like they quoted it. They're like Joe Thornton's knee is of concern, and they're like, why would it be of concern? Like he's just old, and I'm like, those two things combined are bad. Like how do you not get that he's bad? Like, or, no, sorry, he is not bad. But he, he has a bad knee, and he's old. Like, those are not good things when you combine them. Like, they feed off of each other. So, yes, that is, a, like, a completely valid concern to have. Like, if, yes. if you have to restructure your entire lineup based on the fact that Joe Thornton is not 100% healthy, that's not good. Or, or is it really good because it forces them to look into the future and be like, hmm, this is what it's going to be like with Joe Thornton, and it breaks up the slowest tandem in the league of Thornton and Pavelski and makes them go with fast players. Dude, as long as Pete DeBoer is our coach, we're not looking towards the future. Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you even go here? <laughs> like, No. So, yeah, so Joe Thornton was, like, centering the se like second line? Is that? Yeah. He had... Donskoy and Carlson, and then Pavelski was on the line with Couture and Hurdle. Um, That's a weird line. Yeah. Someone in the comments was talking, it was, I think during the game thread, was like, when you realize that Pavs is slowing down that line, and you're like, like Yeah, the only reason Pavs isn't seen as a slow player is because Joe Thornton moves at the speed of, like, a glacier. Right, yeah. <laughs> like... So like, you like put Joe a turtle Pelsky next to like a glacier and you're going to be like, wow, that turtle's really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you put me next to, like, Kyrie Irving, you're going to be like, holy shit, Kyrie Irving really fast. <laughs> yeah, so then, uh, who, who, what else did we have? We had uh, Chris Tierney with Bodker and LeBanc on the third line. Didn't, didn't it end up being, didn't Joel Ward end up being with, like, Carlson and somebody else by the end? <laughs> Yeah, it, it got all mixed around. I honestly, I don't even know who ended up where. At any point, you could like look on the ice and be like, just pick three names out of a hat and they could all be yes, together. Yes, basically. I mean, closer to the end of the game, it started to go back to like, like Joe and Joe were reunited. Um, I think hurling that's because sure stayed together. That's because kids, if if we've learned one thing over the three years of Pete DeBoer, is that when he gets a little bit scared, he goes right back to what he knows. Yeah, and what he knows is it's like when you set a criminal good. free from prison. 99.9% .9 of the time, they're probably going to commit a crime again. Are we comparing but Pete like, DeBoer to a criminal? No, I'm sure he's very nice, but, like, I am. He's criminally holding back this team. Are together is a crime? I think that's uh, what we just said. Sometimes. <laughs> I love Depends. it. Depends. Like, Joe Thornton, like, Kevin Kurtz came up with an article outlining Joe Thornton being injured basically the whole year. Guys, he's 39 or whatever, like... Maybe he should have taken the first two weeks of the season off. Yeah. To, like, get more healthy, but... Yeah, because that's um, the thing. Like, they said that... They're like, yeah, Joe's not 100%, and that should have been the end of it. They should have just stopped there, and they're like, but he's still healthy enough to be effective. And it's like, dudes, you, you put him on a back-to-back -back with travel involved, where he had to spend the night in a hotel, 
like after taking a flight down to LA and then restructured your entire lineup based around the fact that he's not actually okay. Like, rest the dude. Like, that's not healthy enough to be effective if you have to restructure the entire lineup. It's just not. I don't, like, in, and in the NBA, especially the Spurs, they will rest guys just freely, and they've really, a lot of NBA teams are really taking note of, like, resting guys and having them at peak performance. I don't understand why NHL players, there's this whole, like, he has to play 82 games thing. Right. Joe Thornton's old, old enough that you can be like, you're sitting out one game on every back-to-back just for, like, pure rest sake because you're coming off a major knee injury and you're old. So, like, I don't understand why they don't give him a little bit more rest. Right. And try to get him because I, I want him. If It looks like San Jose's probably going to make the playoffs. I don't foresee them. Like, they, they could obviously hit a slide and not, but they seem to be good enough to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win anything, but they're good enough to make. I'd rather have Joe Thornton at 95% in the playoffs rather than have him... 95% now, and then slowly regress down to 70% come April. Right, and especially with other teams knowing that his knee is bad. Like, that's just a recipe for disaster. And especially going up against the Kings, who, like, have so many players who are just going to take out your knees. Like, that's just their thing. The Kings? Never. <laughs> but, you know, even with that, though, I'm not saying he has to sit out against the Kings. He could have, like, there is no reason he couldn't have... He could have sat against Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason he couldn't have sat out against Vancouver. We could have called up Kevin LeBanc and had LeBanc in against Vancouver. Or we could have called up someone else. Like, we could have given Marcus Sorensen a shot and let Joe Thornton rest. Like, at this point in the season, yeah. this is the time that he should be getting rest to recover from that. Like, we need him healthy down yeah, the stretch. I just, and, I just don't want it to come... After Christmas, and it's like, Joe Thornton has been playing on a fairly injured knee, and then he's out for like a exactly. month. Exactly. And he has to come back, and then he's not quite 100% when he comes back, but it's the playoffs. Like, I just don't want to see that. Especially because, in all likelihood, this is the last Joe Thornton year. Right. So, like, I would rather see him, like, be alive at the end of the year rather than <laughs> Dead. be a cripple and be like, oh, see you later. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, Joe Thornton does die in the end. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's just a, a really frustrating thing. Someone, but the Sharks played way better against LA. Yeah, they did. Our power play is still garbage. Guys, but, guys we're not going to talk about the power play anymore because it's garbage. Yeah. The next time we talk about the power play, it'll be because, hey, it worked. Yeah, uh, weekly update on the power play, still bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in Mean Girls when she's like, what day it is? It's October 3rd. You should be like, what's their power play? Uh, shit. <laughs> It's the exact thinking, same scenario. It never changes. I was thinking it's more like um, that scene in The Office when they're like, it has been zero days since our last nonsense. And it's like, it's zero days since we have talked about how much the power play sucks. Like, it's <laughs> it's still bad. It's, yeah, pretty much. It's still real bad. Um, it's, it's not good. The, the LA game was kind of weird because, like, you expected on a back-to-back that if they they came out tired, they would only get progressively more tired. But they came out kind of slow, and then all of a sudden, they were really good. <laughs> like, they just, like, amped it up in the second, and then by the third, they were just like, hey guys, we're going to win this, actually. <laughs> so, very strange uh, on a back-to-back for them to, to really pull it together in the third the way they did. Yeah, I was pretty happy. Like, it was it was one nothing and 1-1 one, one for the longest time, and then... Uh, ended up being 2-1, and yeah, I mean, I think last time we talked about how, well, I talked about how they were going to beat the Living Daylights out of Vancouver, uh, which the scoreboard said, but I thought that they were going to beat LA just because 
they're going to avenge their early season loss. And San Jose looks a lot better, and I don't think LA's very injured and not as good as they've been. So I think they're hitting at a crossroads where one team's going up, one team's going down. So I'm glad they won and got that two points against LA in regulation and just, yeah, it just made it seem like like San Jose's still kind of decent. Like, I understand that they're not the best team, but, like, hey, they're, they're beating teams that I want them to beat, and then they're beating other teams that uh, they should beat. So here we are. Yeah. Kind of stepping away from the specifics of last week's game, or this last week of games, this Sharks group this year is very defensively driven. Like, that's, it seems like since we've taken Paul Martin out of the lineup, sorry, I hate to phrase it like that, but that's the truth. The the defense has become like this Sharks like golden ticket, right? That we have this awesome defense as long as our goaltender stands, you know, stands his ground. Decent. That, <laughs> then we can win games by not letting in goals. And I think against the Lightning, that was kind of the, the issue, was that they were like, oh, we're going to be really good defensively, and all of a sudden you have the best offense in the league just pounding at you. So... The Sharks need to score more goals is kind of the the long and the short of this. Is that the Sharks need to score more goals, and it's not happening. And I don't know why it's not happening. I, 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 don't, I don't have a solution here or anything. I, I, I just, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> it's because they have a John Tavares-shaped hole in their lineup and they need him. I, I no, have a I'm John Tavares-shaped hole in my heart. So... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to, it, to wear teal. Interesting. Well, um, yeah, no, but jokes aside, actually, no, jokes are fully in. I love jokes, but they, they, I don't think they scored very well last year either. They haven't, they haven't been this offensive juggernaut for a couple of years now, but the thing that's saving them is that their defense is really good, like you said, and the thing, by taking Paul Martin out, like Tanya Harding style, so I mean, you just hit him with a pipe <laughs> oh in the God. knee and just be like, you're still injured, oh go away, but, uh. Is that the defense got we really mobile and We don't actually wish violence on uh, Paul Martin. Just, I need to say that. You don't. <laughs> oh you don't. <laughs> oh, my like, God. No, I'm just kidding. Paul Martin's a, a fine fellow and former Prime Minister of Canada. But he doesn't help the defense in speed, agility, breakout effectiveness. Right. I guess he's good in his own end, but, like, San Jose has gained a mobile defense and that's been so valuable to everything they do now and I, I'm wondering if this Paul Martin injury, apparently he said that it's just time for him to get back and like it's the coach's decision now so I'm wondering if the coaches are deciding to keep him. Yeah, they're just like mm, no. Ugh, no. Sorry, not sorry Paul. Are you sure you're okay? Which is really interesting because they're like Paul Martin, take all the time you need. Joe Thornton, you're still on the top line. <laughs> 25 minutes a night yeah, sound well, good to you? <laughs> like... Well, one of those guys is still putting up points like he's 28 again, but... Uh, 28's pretty generous. Hey, he was good. Joe Thornton's good for a long time. If Joe Thornton wants to play, literally die in his skates on the ice, I'm probably okay with it. That is a horrifying like if, jo- if Joe Thornton just wants to keep signing until he's like 45 and like play on the fourth line like eight minutes, I'd be like, cool. <laughs> Sweet. I'm good for that. I think the biggest thing, though, is that our top guys aren't producing. I mean... Where's Pavelski? Except for Logan Couture. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. But, like, where's Pavelski? <laughs> Where is Pavelski? What is Pavelski doing? Uh, like, I, I just, I don't know. I think even more on the hit list, like, number one with a bullet Brent is Brent Burns. Burns. Hey, yeah. buddy. Oh, yeah. What you doing? Where you at? 
<laughs> someone in the comments said something about because they were at the game last night and they they had said that you can see Brent Burns hesitating now. So it's possible. Oh, he's got the yips. Yeah. Good. Awesome. That's what I that's what I want from the guy signed for eight years by eight million dollars. Yeah, uh it, it does seem like early in the season people figured out Brent Burns, which is gonna happen. When you have a system like Pete DeBoer's that's so rigid and predictable, uh yeah, they're gonna figure out Brent Burns real quick and they did, and now he's just like, Oh god, what if they know what I'm gonna do? Oh. <laughs> and he's not shooting anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> That's awesome. Um Yeah. Uh good players great strategy. They great players find a way to overcome the yips. The adversity that other teams, once you have game tape on you. Yeah. In every sport you see it, like basketball, they send a double team. In football, they know the patterns. They know your running style. In hockey, they're going to, they, they know what kind of offensive player you're going to be. So They know yeah, the red burn shot from the point, okay? Find new ways to score, dude. Like. <laughs> yeah, so he's got to get it going. Pavelski's got to get it going. Uh, I don't know who else you'd consider a top guy. Timo as, Meyer. Oh, so, God, yeah. So for all this Timo talk that we love about Timo, and he's like. He's like the darling expected goals. Expected goals are great in theory because they're, they're expected. expected. They, they, all they are is theory. <laughs> yeah, like eventually, and I understand, like I, I believe that expected goals is a cool stat. And I, I think it's valuable to show like this guy's generating shots and this guy's doing the right things to get goals, but eventually you have to get goals. Like you, you there's just no two ways around right. at this point. I think ex you, you have to score. Expected goals are most useful when you use it in context with how they're actually scoring, because then you can identify what's going wrong. Uh, so if you just look at expected goals and you're like, oh, but Timo Meyer should be getting a goal sometime soon because look at his expected goals. Like, no, like, like he has to identify the problem yeah, first. There might be, there, there's a timeline here, like the upside down where <laughs> Timo Meyer is not a good NHL shooter. Yeah. He's just not. And he, like, there's, there's a path where he played with Nikolai Ehlers in Halifax, and Nikolai Ehlers was the really good player, and he made Timo Meyer good to the point that he was taken ninth overall. And really, when he moves away from a player like that and gets to tougher competition, he's not the best finisher. Like, because I think Timo has value in the NHL. He's an NHL player. Yeah. He has value, but maybe he's not. And I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but at this point, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, what is he? I'd say he's not a good NHL shooter because he just doesn't seem to score in two years. Yeah, uh, I think the the problem with Timo is the system. Like, the, the, the Pete DeBoer system is not... It doesn't adapt well. And, like, that's, I think, why Timo is so good in the AHL is because... He's allowed a more flexibility. They're allowed to just like experiment and find find new ways to to score goals. And Pete DeBoer is like, actually, you have to to go in and be. Everyone has to be a two way player, and like, yeah, you know his usage. He's not. Allowed, he's definitely not allowed to free wheel because then he gets put on the fourth line right. or scratched. Yeah, and I don't know. He, like, like I said earlier, I um, I actually previewed the Vancouver game on TSN 1040, and when I did, I was at like one of the questions that um, JD had like specifically wanted to ask me was about our young guys, and and so I started talking about hmm. all these young guys on the team and whatever, and I get to the end of it, and he goes, 
What's actually most interesting to me is a player you didn't even bring up, uh, Timo Meyer. Like, I literally forgot that Timo Meyer is part of our youth movement. That is how invisible he has been lately. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, it's becoming, it's becoming frustrating, especially for two people who have been like, Timo's gonna do it. Timo shouldn't go to the AHL. Timo should get his chance. Don't move Timo off the line. At this point, I think you have to just put him with the Joes. Yeah. And if he produces, if he produces, then figure out how to replicate that. If he doesn't, maybe it's time to rethink the Timo Meyer placement in the organization. I not I like agree. to say trade him away, but like as like, like where down. he stands going forward. I, not even. Uh, yeah, just maybe temper and be like, you're a third line player forever, and temper your expectations. Yeah. I, I do think he's one who can d benefit from more development. Like, I, I know I've said in the past, and I, I still do believe this, that he's an NHL-caliber player, but I think that if you're going to have him in the system, then you need to give him time to learn the system, you know? Yeah, I think I think I still think he should stay in the a a uh, National Hockey League. Uh, I think he should stay in the NHL for now. I don't think he, they should send him back, but, yeah, time is running short on that clock for me. Right, well... <laughs> I mean, the other the other way that I see it, too, is that just having him on the roster and not doing anything is still also wasted space. You know, like, there comes a point where you have to be yeah, like, look, this is our option, is to put you in the AHL where you're going to score and you're going to feel good about yourself and have someone else come up and get their chance than just keep having you not score and, and feel worse. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's a tough situation because you're expecting this kid to, who was the ninth overall pick, to develop at a rate he's not developing up at, and he's not. He's just not scoring. Right. You know. It's it's tough. yeah. It's a make or break point, really. You got to find the point where you're like, okay, like, if you haven't produced in this long, like we got to figure something else out. What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. but we got to remember he's still only twenty, so he's still probably trending upwards. But I'm just. It's very frustrating. Right. Timo Meyer, the frustrating player. Yeah, like, like he's a big boy, but he he's still a baby. <laughs> it's easy yes. to forget. He's that. like he's like a fawn. He's like a, he's like a moose yeah. fawn, a moose deer, a moose baby. They're huge, but like they still will run into trees. Right. Yeah. Timo Meyer, baby Timo moose. Meyer running into a tree. So that's great. Uh. <laughs> yes, he is a baby moose. Um, I love. But yeah, I, I just think I just think there's there's a point where. As a person who watches the thing, my leash has become very short. I can't imagine what Pete DeBoer, who already hates kids, is thinking right now. Right. Yeah. So, and I, it maybe he gets up like their upcoming schedule. I think is not too bad. Um, so maybe he gets off the schneid here. I am not sure. I don't know. We'll see. So their upcoming games are yes. Uh, we've got Florida on Thursday. Which will be the return of Michael Haley. <laughs> yeah, what? Michael Haley comes back to San Jose. Also, former Shark Jamie McGinn, his first time with the Panthers in San Jose. And then Bogner will also be. Bogner, not Bogner, Bogner. I, what, we're. I only know, I'm only aware of Robert Bogner because when I was a kid, he was a goon in the NHL and he had a hilarious name. It was like him and Kelly Buckberger. They're the best. <laughs> In the in the name department. So yeah, that should be easy. Uh, they oh oh actually actually we forgot one. What, what did so, we forget? Anti Niemi would be making his oh, return yeah, to San Jose I, with the Florida I, Panthers, but <laughs> he got put on waivers again. <laughs> I think that's the end of Anti Niemi in the Anti NHL. Anti Niemi is having a rough time. Anti Niemi has been having a rough time since he won the Stanley Cup. That's 
Fair. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Vegas? Because Flurry got hurt again, and uh, Safety Dansk uh, is out Former again. Former so. Kalamazoo wing, Oscar Dansk. Who, if 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 your friends don't dance, they're no friends of mine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's toast still. Which means that Malcolm Subban is going on the trip, but Maxim Lagasse and that child from the WHL <laughs> are just not getting it done. Yeah. So I wonder if they, I wonder if they just pick up Niemi because he literally is a human goaltender in the NHL right. and he can do stuff. Uh, well, I mean, but, they said that last time too that he was on waivers. They're like, oh, Vegas is going to take him because all of their goaltenders are broken, and they did. Yeah, but they, they weren't super dead at that point. I think I think Safety Dansk was still there doing stuff. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I. I just feel bad for him. Actually, it's funny because I was writing that article about all of Joe Thornton's fight, or sorry, Joe um, Pavelski's fights, and like Niemi was in net for one of the games, and I was just like, oh, he made a good save. That's. Do you cute. think Niemi knew that there was a fight going on, and he was just like looking Actually, at the no, scoreboard like he always does? Actually, no, they were talking about how because it was during a, a an Anaheim game, and he like skated out to like center ice, and I was like, is Niemi like? thinking about this goalie fight here <laughs> like is this gonna happen <laughs> imagine he's just like a vicious cage fighter and just like knocks people out and he just wants to fight this whole time my favorite anti-niami moment actually is in the happy thanksgiving video with jason demers where he's interviewing all of the sharks way back when <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and so he talks to like james shepherd and logan kasher and oh my gosh who else is in that video it's really really funny if you haven't seen it Go look it up. Just Happy Thanksgiving San Jose Sharks on YouTube. It's really, really funny. But anyway, he goes to interview Antti Niemi, and he's like, he asks him something like, are you going to come to my my place for Thanksgiving? And Niemi's like, are you making ham? And he, like, he's obsessed with ham, and he keeps asking about the ham. He's like, what's your what's your favorite like Thanksgiving food or something? And it's just like, ham? <laughs> like, and he says it in like, his little <laughs> accent. He's like... <laughs> like it's so funny like, Andy Niemi just really wants some ham <laughs> and hey Thanksgiving's coming up so I hope he gets his ham because he's probably for, for not... people who for, for <laughs> people who relate to me Thanksgiving is long gone whatever that's like in Canada it's not real <laughs> whoa what do you mean it's not it's real? not real Thanksgiving <laughs> our Thanksgiving makes more sense because you can still harvest in October everything's dead in November yeah but whatever like it's marking anyway. the start of the Christmas season so Anyway. <laughs> Isn't Thanksgiving bigger than Christmas in the States? Isn't that the thing? Bigger no, than Christmas? that's not true at all. I mean, like, the dinner that's is... A real, that's a real thing. I, I mean, like, we do, like, a big dinner for Thanksgiving, but we don't do, like, a big dinner for Christmas. Like, most people don't. I don't know. Also, like, Thanksgiving... Most people do. Most people do. Christmas is way bigger than Thanksgiving here. Thanksgiving's just a generic holiday here where you get a day off from oh, work. Oh, that's so you guys weird. Take, like, you guys take, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That is not true. Most people aren't no, working no, on no, Wednesday. No, that is... Yeah, your Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, that's not true just because of the consumer culture. Uh, yeah, most people But if you work in an office, not. you're getting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Well, yeah, that's just because it's on a Thursday. That's any holiday that's on a Thursday. Who has holidays on a Thursday? Those holidays that move around, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but we only get, like, in Canada, if the holiday was on a Thursday, if Canada Day was on a Thursday, we wouldn't get Friday off. We'd go back, hungover. <laughs> and full of spirit. Full of maple syrup and pride. I think any chance that we um, get for a long weekend, we're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna take it. Because that's America. I don't know. America has some weird ass, <laughs> like, has some weird ass foods, like yams with marshmallows oh, on it. What no, is I that? I hate that stuff. Uh uh-uh. uh. But that's not a thing here. Like, that, that is mind blowing to everybody who lives above <laughs> the border. And I imagine Mexicans are confused too. 
It's just you. This guys. is why Auntie Nami is just obsessed with ham on Thanksgiving. That's his. Do you think he eats it with a pineapple glaze? Oh, I hope so. Like, you know, Ooh, like... That sounds really good. I suddenly understand yeah, his does. obsession with ham. We should DM him. I'm, he's got free time. <laughs> Tell me your ham <laughs> recipe. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he got put on waivers. This is maybe the end of Auntie Niami. Rest in uh, peace. In memoriam. Uh, but I think that, I think San Jose is going to beat Florida. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't see I why think they so wouldn't. Too. Uh, Florida's really bad. I'm going to see where they're at in the standings right now because I prepare really well for podcasts. So Florida right now is dead last in the Atlantic. They have <laughs> 12 points. <laughs> they have won. Uh, that's still more than Arizona. <laughs> they have won five um, games. Wait, they're below Buffalo? Yeah. Buffalo has Yo, also only won five games, but they have lost three in overtime. They lose a lot in overtime? Buffalo's lost three in overtime. <laughs> Florida's lost two in overtime, and Buffalo's also played one more game. So, no, it's so a yeah, Buffalo and Florida are just like uh, that picture of Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man, and, like, <laughs> like who's gonna be worse? <laughs> can we fo- can we can we do that with Florida Buffalo and then have like Arizona like off to the side pointing as well? Like, hey guys, no Arizona. We're here too. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tweet these pictures out later from the account so that Arizona is just Peter no, Parker. Arizona is he's not actually Spider-Man. That comic strip where um, it's a dog looking in a mirror and the dog's like. Who is that other dog? <laughs> like that's Arizona when they're looking at their own. Um, oh my god! In the you should do the Spider Man. You you should Photoshop the Spider Man thing, but with Arizona pointing at like a junior team, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at like the London Knights or like the Sudbury Wolves, just having them pointing at each other, be like, "Hey guys!" I don't know it's Arizona uh, pointing at all of the predictions for Vegas after the expansion draft. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, good one, good one. Anyway, Florida sucks. San Jose's going to crush them. Yeah, yeah. On to the next uh, one. Is that on home or is it away? That, it's All three games this week are home. Oh, oh good. Oh, wow. Sorry, I just noticed that Minnesota's last in the Central, and that's really depressing for me. When did they get bad? Anyway. Uh, they were always bad. They just rode a nice shooting percentage last year to the playoffs. You don't anyway. talk about my tree boys like that. Um, the, the state, the state, of, the state of hockey. So yeah. Saturday, we are playing Boston. It'll be the second and last meeting with Boston. What's with this front-loaded Eastern Conference schedule? It's so I bizarre. Know, it's really weird. But so, uh, Boston could go either ways. That's one of the like you said like numerous times. Like Boston is like they play bad against Boston. Yeah. But I don't see why they wouldn't be Boston. Tugarask is horrible right now. Boston. Brad Marchand is back, but I'm sure he's still injured. He's out here kissing fools. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's so great. I I'm love just... him. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I know he's like really annoying to everyone on the ice, but like, he tries to kiss dudes all the time during games, and I think that's hilarious. Like, I, I just I can't get over it. I mean, good for him. At least he backs it up with goals. So right, I mean, it's yeah. not like he's like some fourth line scrub out here trying to kiss dudes right. but like and like here's, a, here's the thing weird. about brad marchand everyone loves him on team canada so like you have to admit that somewhere in your heart you're like okay yeah i get this guy no he's he's part of the he's part of that canadian group where canadians are like oh fine i guess you're good enough to play for canada but we secretly don't like them <laughs> him gets him gets left crosby perry, perry. for sure can't work for perry. we just canada just wishes there was like 25 john taveras is on the That's team fair. and shea weber on defense just nine shea webers Ooh. This is why Lovejoy should have been on Team Canada way before the World Cup of Hockey. But I digress. Yeah, he got the shaft last time. It was For bad. sure. 
so then uh, I included Monday's game because we're probably not getting a podcast out before Monday. Or we're going to record before that game. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. It'd be really funny if we recorded before that game and then talked about the game as it, <laughs> if it happened already. But... <laughs> So, we're playing Anaheim again on home ice on Monday. So, that could go... Is it, is it the Gulls, or is it or is it the Ducks? Well, uh, Getzloff is still injured. Eves is still injured. Case is still injured. Kase. Is that how you is say it? Is it Kase? I think so. I don't think it's Case. I know, I know for sure. It's, it's Andre... It, it's, it's the Andre Pavlik syndrome, where he's got a J yeah, in his sure name. Andre. Andre Kase. Which is... Whatever. Obnoxious. Um, who else? Uh, Bieksa. Bieksa. Uh, basically their defense crew Kessler. is Hampus Lindholm playing 45 minutes a night and other goofs just skating around because, like, Fowler's out. I'm pretty sure Vatnin's out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically just Hampus Lindholm. What a good name, Hampus. Stop. Um. Like a laundry Hampus. Like, I gotta throw my laundry in the laundry Hampus. The, the, you're just, like, thinking of the word hamper, but making it weird. The main thing, though, is that... Kessler and Getzloff are out. So we have two of the many garbage Ryans on that team gone. That's great. Oh, Ryan Miller got injured. He has a groin injury. Speaking of garbage Ryans on that garbage team. He's an American hero. He led you guys to silver. Stop it. <laughs> Suck it. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we might not yeah, see Ryan Miller. But John Gibson, most likely John Gibson will suit up for that game, though, because it makes no sense that Ryan Miller is well, playing against Yeah, and then um, I can't remember his name, but their, their current backup in place of Ryan Miller, he got just absolutely destroyed by a glorified uh, San Jose Barracuda squad during the preseason, so cool. he's not good. <laughs> so they're not putting him in against San Jose. Like, is it is it is it Jack Campbell now? Like, no, former former future U.S. hockey star Jack Campbell. No, it's heir uh, to the Campbell soup fortune. Hold on, because I just posted about this. Uh, Raw Charge had me do their Ducks preview because <laughs> they're like, you, did you say Rock Hard? No, Raw Charge, the Tampa Bay blog. Oh. They had oh. they were like we we could have someone from the Ducks do our preview but instead we're going to have someone who hates the Ducks do our preview. <laughs> next time can you can, next time can you just get the questions and then text me them and I can answer because I hate the Ducks way more than most people. That's, that's totally fair. <laughs> uh, it would just be it would just be pictures of like you know that you know that uh, picture of a dumpster and it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be that it would be that every answer. How do you feel about the duck season this so far? Dumpster fire. How do you feel about the players as a whole? Dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, they asked me like who I was glad to see off the ice, and I'm like, is there anyone in that team that I would be like, oh no, so sad that they're gone? Well, Patrick Eves. But anyway, uh, Rato Berra, Rito Berra, oh, Rito Berra. Whoa, what do you mean Rato Berra? You know I who Rito no Berra is? NHL journeyman. No. He played for the Avalanche, uh, the Flames. Uh, he moonlighted in a couple other spots, but he's like you would know him from being a Colorado guy for a while. I literally uh, and then a, the Flames. He like he's Swedish. He's not Swedish. He's Swiss. I would rather like or finish scoop my own eyeballs out with a cold <laughs> spoon than pay attention to the Colorado Avalanche. So <laughs> yeah. So this was like a couple years ago when they were good. Like 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 when I say a couple, I mean like eight. <laughs> Rado Bear is old. He's not like a young gotcha. kid. If you Google his age, he's like probably 35, He looks 36. like baby-faced in his picture, though. 
Well, maybe it's I Rito mean it's, it's an old picture. When I he might be wearing a Flames jersey. No, actually, I think he was in an Abs jersey in it. Rito Barra. No Why idea. am I googling Rito Barra? You know, what, I don't you know, know what the worst part about Rito Barra is is that when I go to a hockey reference, he's already purple because I've already looked him up in my life. <laughs> he's thirty. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's the the abs. Yeah, he's Swiss. The abs picture. And the flames. I was right. He has a yeah. he has a baby face. See, I know what I'm talking about. Like he. Nah, he's not a baby. He he looks kind of like he just did like. Like, he did a couple extra years in the USHL and then did NCAA for a full four years and just is now, like, joining the league in that picture. That's what he looks like. Except except he was drafted in 2006 and played for five Swiss teams, including EV Zug, which means EV train in German. Um, he's, yeah, he's not good. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is the moral of the story. No, his save, I, I should probably actually look this up because his save percentage, like, against the oh i can't look it up i would have to go into the his the save score. percentage dumpster fire yeah no i was talking like specifically <laughs> in that game against the sharks in the preseason um because i had looked at it on the score by accident somehow and it was bad it was real bad he is not good yeah he's terrible um so what i'm taking from this conversation is that personally me i'm going win 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 six points ring it up yeah uh i think this time next week well It'll be a little later than this time next week because we're recording on a Monday. But by the time you hear this podcast, it'll be this time yeah, next week. Yeah, uh, it is feasible. We could be on a five-game win streak. We could have six more points in the standings. We're like third in the Pacific right now, aren't we? Or at least we were yeah. after last night. Yeah, eight, eight, 18 points. Like I think two or three behind Vegas, which is hilarious. Oh, um, and then Anaheim, I think, is atop the division. Um, I'm not sure, actually. No, LA. LA is top of the division. LA, sorry, LA. Why did I think LA? Yeah, it's... Yeah, because Vancouver's not good anymore. They're, they've dropped off. Um, so, yeah, it's... So, yeah, San Jose, San Jose, that division sucks. Yeah, no. It's not very good. Thing. Like, when you were talking about earlier how the Sharks are going to make playoffs, it's really because everyone was like, oh, my God, the Pacific's going to be so good this year. Like, Calgary was good at that. Who said that? Dude, like, everyone. Because Calgary was good. They got into playoffs last year. Like, surprised everybody. They were bad in playoffs. But, like, at the end of their season, they were good. Uh, Vancouver came out of the gate, like, real good this year. They had that win streak that was just ridiculous. They, they had a four-game four win streak, and outside of that, they're, like, three and well, nine had, or like, something a, like that. I was looking it up to They had a four-game win streak. They, like, lost one, and then they yeah. won, like, three more or something. Like... It was it was a really good road trip where they like only dropped like one game. Then Edmonton, everyone expected Edmonton to keep it up, and pff, well, when Connor McDavid is your entire team, that's not going to work. Uh, so, and then yeah, no so one expected the, Vegas the to good. be like decent. So don't worry. Spoiler alert: Vegas is not going to. Oh, and Arizona too. People <laughs> thought that Arizona wasn't going to be a basement team this year because they had they made decent moves in the off season and like. You know, they've got the... Do you think those people know how to read, or...? <laughs> like, there's the whole youth movement in Arizona, right? And that's the kind of the way the league is trending. So they're like, maybe Arizona's going to be ahead of the curve on this. But they... The, the only curve... <laughs> uh, oh, I don't even have a good joke for that. Arizona's just bad. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, L.A. with getting a new coach and everything, like changing their entire front um, office, that generally bolsters a team for a bit. I mean, that your team is good when the, those changes happen. If for no other reason than your team feels really ashamed that <laughs> they were bad enough <laughs> to get their coach fired. So 
So yeah, like, people thought that the Pacific was going to be really competitive this year, and that the West in general was going to be really difficult. Not so much. Not, not so much. Yeah. I, I just think, yeah, they, they're going to make the playoffs on the virtue... I think they're going to be decent. They're going to be like a middle-of-the-road team. The Pacific is going to be bad, so they're going to make it. No problem. Yeah. So, yeah, if they get six more points, I think they'll be ahead of LA if LA doesn't do very well or very close to it. I think I think that's not out of the question. I mean, they're playing Florida, Boston, and uh, the San Diego Gulls. So, I mean, it really... Anything... I think we can pull ahead of Vegas just because Vegas still doesn't have a goaltender, and if they get Niemi, good luck. They still don't have a goaltender. So, um, uh-huh. And they're going on the road. They're, they're still on road trips and stuff yeah. like that. So, so that we're only within one point of them right now. We could pull ahead of Vegas this week. LA, I, they got four points on us, and I don't know how many games they have coming up. Hold up, I can look real quick. Eh, whatever. The, like, I'm assuming that they'll, they won't pass them, but um, do we see Aaron Dell this week? Um, I say no. Oh, yeah. We don't Especially because any... Jones just played well against right, LA. Right, and we've got Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. So, like, kind of perfect amounts of rest between those games. Yeah. Uh, if anything, if anything, I think it's the Boston I game. I was going to say that, too. The middle, the middle yeah, one. Yeah, because... Yeah, the middle one. And not even for any other reason except that... Uh, it's the middle one? Yeah. <laughs> well, that. And, like, didn't... Did Jones play against Boston last time? Am I remembering this? Uh, his former team? Uh, I yeah, think so. so his former team. Uh, so yeah, I could see them maybe trying to shake it up against Boston, just because l- last know. time it did not go great. Yeah, they're they're not playing a lightning caliber team again, which is right. good. Get some confidence back. I, th- I think it's going to be six points. We see Jones all three games. They head into next week looking good, smelling themselves. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with the Sharks. I'm, I'm liking. I'm not getting too optimistic because I've done that in my life and it hasn't worked out. I don't think anyone with the sharks. Anyone who is a sharks fan is optimistic. I don't. I don't think that's in our vocabulary. No, but like they're they're in a good place right now where they could keep doing what they're doing and tread water and and stay in that Pacific <laughs> Division hunt and and be fine. Tread water doing what they're doing, but also sharks maybe try scoring some goals. See how that feels. Timo Meyer, score some shit. <laughs> Brent Burns, put the puck in the net. Do that. <laughs> Brent Burns. Joel Pavelski, don't rely on big tips and shoot the puck. Anyway, was there any more breaking news? Yeah, nothing happened this week. Oh, your boy, Rourke. Oh, the Rourkening. Yes. He's back. Yes. Yeah. uh, For everybody who doesn't know, I love Rourke Chartier. He uh, crushed the WHL uh, for a while, and then the Edmonton Oilers, because they're a clown shoes organization, sent Leon Dreisaitl back to the WHL after 40 games in the NHL, and his team promptly traded him to Kelowna, and Kelowna was like, well, we're just going to put you on the wing with Rourke Chartier, and they destroyed. Um, I think Rourke is really good. I think Rourke needs a chance. He's not the biggest guy, but uh, I think now that he he had a concussion, for everybody that doesn't know, he had a concussion, so he technically was with the Sharks the whole time uh, because they just put him on uh, LTIR or IR or whatever. Um, but now he's back with the Barracuda. Uh, he took warm-ups. Did he play the last game? Yes, and he played the last two, actually. Last two, yeah. So he so he got sent back uh, this last past week, and everybody was like, whoa, uh, Rourke got sent back, and he started skating, and then he was going to take warm-ups for the two games ago, and he ended up taking warm-ups and playing. So it seems like he's over his concussion. Concussions are dangerous, but uh, Rourke back, he's a... He could be a nice little find in the late rounds, and he, he's good. I think he's got the requisite skills. Yeah, he um, 
he played both games against the Moose, and he. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that as many times as possible. It's um, it's not. It's just funny because like, who names their team the Manitoba the moose. moose? And it's like singular too. I hate singular team team names. So it's just one giant moose. <laughs> so he, I, he wasn't on the score sheet for the first game. I re- remember I looked. He skated like a negative two. Like, yikes. Yeah, whatever, but, <laughs> but you know, whatever. It's his first game back right. after like an entire. But then he came out and he got anything. his first professional goal actually in his second game back. So he didn't score last year. Oh, he was with the he was yeah. still in the WHL, yeah. right? Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Hold on, we're gonna look this up because now I feel stupid. Um, Either way, good for good for Rourke. I think Rourke is like a pure center. He's like a playmaker kind of guy. So um, the big thing with him is that. You heard me say Leon Dreisaitl's name. He's good. So I think people are leery about him and Kelowna relying on Dreisaitl and Dreisaitl doing all the heavy lifting um, and Rourke succeeding off that. But I'm not so sure. I think Rourke can, if, if Rourke's put in a position to succeed, I think he will succeed. And it, it just adds to the depth of the Sharks if they can get... Because the Sharks don't have a great farm system. It's, it's pretty bare. Um, so if they can add a guy in there like Rourke who's highly skilled that would be fantastic and i love him oh okay so i totally forgot that he was there last year i was thinking of the year before because he like came in for playoffs last year and didn't score yeah. or two years ago sorry he came in for playoffs two years ago and didn't score and that's what i was thinking of he did play last year he got 35 points so i was totally wrong on that but he actually it's not oh it probably hasn't been updated i'm just looking and it's not showing that he scored a goal yeah, but it's only saying he played one game. He did score yesterday, um, I promise. Yeah, so that's a good sign that in his second game he scored. I wonder what line we... AHL stats are tricky to come by <laughs> in the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming they put him on a line probably with, like, True or Sandberg or somebody like that, because their top line... What's their top line? It's... Um, Sorensen. Sorensen. O'Regan. Uh, I don't know who's normally on that line if it's not Kevin LeBanc. Is it Sandberg? Or, or is it true? Balsers? Either way, it's either sand. Maybe. Oh, it's maybe it's Balsers. I'm not sure. So if they put like if they put together a lineup of like Rourke, Sandberg, and Balsers, like that, that's the perfect position for him to get it to people to score. Yeah. Um, don't don't give him like John McCarthy or Brian Lurg <laughs> or any of the other Brandon Bolick. Yeah. Oh God. Um, Who has been scoring? Don't give him them. Brandon Bolick has been scoring. Why is this happening? Brand- Brandon Golig, am I right? Stop. Um, Please, Pete DeBoer, do not look at the AHL stats. <laughs> I know, every time someone brings uh, yeah. up, like, oh, I bet we're going to see Bullig or, or um, Machinter in the next game, like, we're going to bring some grit, and I'm like, like, they have to pass through waivers. They're not just going to bring them up. That's not happening. Yeah, no. Um, stop trying to yeah, <laughs> stop so trying Rod- to make Bullig happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, you stay there, Bullig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of Rourke uh, in my, in my I, bathroom. I can give you uh, no, a Rourke, minute if you need some time alone with your thoughts. Rourke is back. Rourke is back. Uh, Chartier, he's got a great name. Um, Rourke Chartier. He's part of the, he's, he's part of the, Chartier, he's part of the law firm of Chartier, Goodrow, and Carpenter. Um, so, fun fact. So, hold on. I could not say R's when I was a child. Um, I had a speech impediment for most of my life. And Imagine saying Rourke Chartier. So, yeah, Rourke Chartier literally has like a nightmare name for me. I have to think about it every single time I say it. So, I just want everyone to know that. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Now you can say, you can yell Rourke Chartier and you're fine. So, yeah, Rourke's back. I like Rourke. Keep it up, Rourke. I want to see you in the NHL next year. Yeah. 
Uh, good for him. Proud of him. That's like the only news. This Nothing happened this week. Rourke came to life. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Not like, eh, nothing really happened. Everything else in the league is falling apart, but the Sharks are just maintaining their average. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Aw. That should be their motto. Just keep swimming. Aw. So, yeah. Uh... You can follow the podcast on Twitter at BS and Teal. You can find Fear the Finn on Twitter. Uh, eventually, one of these days, I'll do like a podcast mailbag. But you can always DM us on Twitter if you have anything you want us to talk about. We can make that happen. So, we'll just reiterate what uh, we think we're going to walk away with this week. So, we're, we're both kind of mm. saying six points. I'm saying six points. Four. I'm saying six points. Eh, four, four whole, to six. No, I'm saying six. The whole hog. Oh, I want to say six. But that feels too optimistic, and it, it really hurts me. You gotta, you gotta risk it to get the biscuit. I'm going six. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna have faith. I'm gonna. You're say, gonna say four. Just say four. No, I, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna say six because I, I. Yeah. My my big question mark, I think, is Boston or Anaheim, and honestly, both of those teams are kind of broken right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying six. I'm saying no, Dell. Uh, my bold prediction is that. We should do a bold prediction for the week. Yes, this is a new yes, segment. I like it. Bold predictions sponsored by uh, SeatGeek or something. Hey, if you want to sponsor us, shoot me a DM. Yeah. Shout out to Dropbox for making this happen. Um, Stop but, giving uh, this free advertising. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so my bold prediction is that uh, we see... Hmm. Hmm. This is tough. Because I don't want to say something too bold, but I also don't want to say something not bold enough, you see. Yeah. Uh, I say Joachim Ryan scores his first goal this week. He hasn't scored a goal yet? No. Wow. Uh, I'm just so focused on the fact that no one else in the defense group is scoring goals that, like, I, I totally forget. Yeah, I'm going to say Joachim Ryan scores his first goal this this uh, this this uh, homestand. My bold prediction for the week is that Barclay Gaudreau gets in a fight. Oh. Yes, I love it. That is so much better than mine. <laughs> that's that's my bold prediction for the week. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Six points for me. Joachim Ryan's getting a goal. You're six points, and Barkley Goudreau is getting in uh, Donnie Brook. Yeah. That. <laughs> so yeah, check back next week, and uh, we'll see what what happened. How right we we're going to keep we're going to keep track of this. Yeah. Too. This will be an ongoing yeah. thing. <laughs> we'll we'll have points at the end of the season. We'll do something fun with whoever got the most right. <laughs> so yeah, till uh, till next week. I'm C. I'm Cap. And this was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Go Sharks.